Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoot. It just feels empty now. It does. It's just the two of us. You know, Colin was going to join us, uh, but he ate a bad burrito that he found behind the dumpster and he caught food poisoning. We were actually recording an episode of Generic Geek Podcast in which we have an interview uh, with uh, Chris Provost from Salt Lake Comic Con. So be sure to check that out when it goes up. But yeah, he started getting really sick during the interview. Uh, so question, do you ever find a good burrito behind a dumpster? Uh, well, you know, they exist, I'm a- sure. As dumpster burritos go, is there a spectrum or? I, I would think that, that there probably is a spectrum and this one was not on that spectrum. Uh, it was like so far gone, you know. I don't know why he ate it. I I told him don't eat it, but he's it's like Homer Simpson with the sandwich, you know. You just keep eating it, and and then uh, about oh ten minutes before we were going to record, he messaged me. He said the puking has begun. Do you want pictures? And I I politely declined because nobody needs to see that. That'd be the so, worst audio ever. Like that, that there, really would. There is no level of filtering I could do in post production to get that out. Yeah, so he will. He will most likely be dead by morning from food poisoning. Good, good. But he, he is resilient with the with the resurrection and all, so he'll he'll be back. But we do wish him a speedy recovery post mortem. Uh, was there a bet or a dare involved? I can just, I can just see that with Colin too. It's like, I'm not going to eat this. This is disgusting. You're kidding. I bet you can't eat all of it. Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> he probably, he probably made like $3 and 87 cents out of the deal. Nice. Good. That was worth it. Um, uh, totally, totally big shout out over to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, radio, KSCR, geek factor radio, and stitcher.com. Also to uh, Bruce, who we were thrilled to have on the show last week. Um, he even he he got the Wilhelm scream uh, to to censor him. That was that was fun to dust that off. Yes, it was. Um, and uh, to Ruff and to Zane. And if you want to have your name said by my melodious voice, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/StolenDroids, and you too can be one of our producers. Yes, thank you guys for your support. Hmm. Um, so we have some slight news with the site. Um, so we're in mountain time and uh, according to our statistics and analytics, most everyone who listens to us, most are in the U S with the exception of Paul and some of our German listeners, which is still strange to me. Um, you may be noticing that the site goes down around midday. We're working on it. We think we've isolated the memory leak, and uh, we're working on it. Yeah, we can't quite figure this one out. It's so odd, and it's generally either right after I post an article or right as I'm trying to post an article that it happens. Well, and, you know, Colin and his team of writer monkeys have just done an incredible job producing content. If you do not subscribe to our RSS feed or follow us on Facebook, you're really missing out. Uh, we have, uh, you know, Nathan is writing for us. Uh, Bruce has written for us. Uh, we, we have stuff going up multiple times a day, every day. But it's just funny to me when we used to go weeks and weeks and weeks without new content, and the site just sat there just fine. 
You know, it's it's funny what happens when you put load on it, huh? Right, right. It's almost now, like working it harder causes it to fail. I, I will say this. Last month, the month of July, we had our best month ever on the site. And we are on pace to break that this month. So uh, we've still got another week or so left in the month. Uh, so thank you to everybody who has been visiting the site uh, keep it up, and we will keep providing you with good quality content. It's nice to know people are out there. It is, because, you know, Forever Alone sucks. It does. It does indeed. Hey, um, okay, so we got some feedback, but it's not from the racism episode last week from Estoy Podcasting. Instead, it's from... Which is surprising. It's incredibly surprising. Maybe everybody was too busy with the after effects of the eclipse, and they just haven't gotten around to listening yet. They they can't actually see their computer anymore, so... Yeah, could be. Too much staring at the sun with um, no glasses. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But instead, we have an email here about episode 331. Um and uh, it will go on here, and it's kind of self-explanatory. Amazon reviews determine what I will buy, and it takes me forever to finally purchase something because it takes so long to find something with at least 4.5 stars. Uh, also, the Uber ADA part, OMG, they wouldn't have a leg to stand on made me laugh really hard and loud. Uh, big smiley face, Sherry. Sherry, thanks for the email. Sherry's referring to, uh, we were asking how people buy or choose their devices. Do you go off of Reddit threads? Do you go off of reviews? Do you go off of stars? Uh, we were talking about the consumer reports versus the JD power and associates review of the Microsoft surface, surface pro surface book. And Amazon reviews can usually be pretty, pretty reliable. Generally. Yeah. What you know what I do is I sort by negative first. I actually will do that as well. If something has like 4.5 stars and 300 reviews, that's generally pretty good. But I want to hear what the people who didn't like it said. And sometimes they're really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what is the problem? Why, why did you not like it? And so, yeah, that's, that's generally how I, I will approach it as well. Yeah. Um, it kind of gets frustrating when something is five stars and only five reviews and all the reviews are like three words. Really great stuff. I liked it a lot. It's high quality. Fast delivery. Of course it's fast delivery. It's Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that crap. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something useful. Right? Right? Um, And yeah, Uber and their ADA. They don't have a leg to stand on. We have more Uber news. I, I forget. Was that something you said or it, I said? It was something I said um, about the fact that they're saying that uh, they aren't ADA compliant. Yeah. And Uber wants to fight that. Yeah, that that's a pretty good line there. I My best well, lines are all unintentional, it turns out. It it's often that way, but that's, that's why they're often the best lines. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying too hard. Um, should we get into headlines? Yeah, while we're talking about Uber and their no legs. Yeah, so we'll start with them. It's actually a rather minor story for once for them, but there are two. I don't have the headlines for one of them, but I'll give you the one I do. So it turns out Uber has something in their end user license agreement that 
basically says, you can't sue us. Yeah, and of course, in order to use the app, you need to agree to the EULA, which kind of sucks. Well, I, I don't. I don't know that I like that. I understand why they do it, but you know, I I had a software product years ago that I opened up, put it in my computer, and it actually like just buggered me up hard. Well, it, and they said that just the very act of me opening it up was indication that I agreed to their terms of service. Which was crap, but yeah, I, I actually had to end up, um, it, it like screwed my hard drive over bad. I had to start fresh. So here's the actual issue. You remember their surge pricing where if there's a lot of people in an area, Uber's rates will suddenly skyrocket. Uh huh. They'll yeah. jump to like six, eight times the, the going rate. Well, people have not liked that. And especially when they've been like trying to get away from something, like there's been a disaster or get into a place, um, where a lot of people are going or riots or whatnot. And suddenly seeing Uber charge eight times as much seems a lot like price gouging. Yes. And we saw this with terrorist attacks. Was it in London? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in Paris and in Miami. And Uber said, oh, well, obviously that's bad. We won't do that anymore. Right. Well, so people have been taking uh, Uber to court over this, and uh, they, they've been trying to do a class action lawsuit. And Uber has consistently pointed to their EULA saying, you can't sue us. It says so right in the terms of service. And they won. The court, the uh, the second court of appeals for the Southern District of New York overturned the previous court's ruling and said, no, they're right. You you can't sue them. Now, here's my thinking on this, um, and I'm interested on yours as well. Zoner, if, if people haven't caught on by now, Zoner is a funny bit of contradiction. And I mean that in the nicest way. Uh, I, I truly do. Because if you haven't caught on yet, we're good friends. We respect each other quite a bit. But my friend, you're, you are a funny bit of contradiction in that you expect people to use common sense, and if a company isn't acting the way it should be, just stop using the company. While simultaneously saying, well, Uber shouldn't be doing this, and you should be allowed to sue them. And I just, no, I, I, I find I, that funny. Well, no, I, I don't like that they put that in. They have every right to put that in their EULA. Mm -hmm. I think they're dicks for doing it, but... I mean, it makes business sense. We're going to cover our butts. We're going to be horrible company and we're going to make sure nobody can sue us for it because they said they won't sue us. That's brilliant on their part. However, on the flip side, they're being a-holes. And, but there you know, is a way for people to get around this. Don't use Uber. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. If you don't like that, don't use Uber. I, so. I find it funny that people seem to have forgotten how capitalism works. And I... Because we don't teach anybody how capitalism works, and you look at the capitalism that's out there now, and it's a bunch of crony capitalism. Right. It's not, 
it's not pure capitalism. It's and and Uber may be the wrong the, the wrong company and the wrong industry to use as an example because they're the least let's use the cable industry instead. That's a good example. True capitalism they're just a bunch of evil. True, true capitalism would be <laughs> this company sucks. I'm leaving them for a different company. Exactly. But the cable companies have worked together and worked with legislature and worked with uh, shutting other companies out. So they hold a oligopoly over certain areas. It's not yes. a monopoly. It's an oligopoly, which is totally legal. It's basically the same to you and I. So as a result, we can't exercise proper capitalism and go where we want. And instead it has kind of festered this culture of, well, I'm not allowed to take my business elsewhere. So I'm just going to sue you to get something I want. Yeah. I'm, I'm rambling. I feel it's been a long week. Uh, But, but you know, the thing is the cable companies can do what they want. We have the choice to not, to not give them our money. And a lot of people are doing that. They're looking for alternatives. That's why you've seen the rise of, of things like Netflix. But on the flip side, in a lot of markets, there's no real competitor to go to because of these deals that they've cut with governments, which is crony capitalism. They say, oh, well, you know, we do have... We do have uh, alternatives. If you don't like Comcast, you can switch over to Dish. Well, so let, let's... But, but you're looking at two sides of the same coin, essentially. Let, let's take this back to Uber, though. What would be people's alternatives to using Uber? Lyft, taxis, buses. Ta- taxis, primarily. Yeah. Because while Lyft is the better of between the two, it's only marginally so, if we're True. being honest. True. Taxis, on the other hand, are actually regulated. Like, they can't jack up their rates just because they feel like it. True. And the drivers have to be regulated. They have to have their token. They have to be insured. They have to adhere to certain standards. There's a lot more in it for them. If they lose that token, it's a huge loss. Oh, yeah, big time. So do we exercise our right in capitalism by falling back on the state regulated agency. It's, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, the, I, I hate the fact that we are in this position in this world where you go with the evil corporation or you go with the government. There's no like happy thing. And it sucks because Uber was supposed to be this wonderful utopian ride share where I'm going to work. Let me give you a ride to where you're going. You can pay me for my gas type of deal. And it's not that at all anymore. Although they say that it is, but yeah, it's, we've gotten ourselves into a fine pickle Mm -hmm. and not one of those tasty ones. It's like one of those horrible ones. It's the bread and butter kind. uh, No, those are delicious. Those are horrible. You're just wrong. I'm sorry. No, no, no. A dill pickle is the best pickle. The bread and butter ones, those are disgusting. See, I was thinking just like a regular sweet pickle is just too much. That That's not a good thing. Can I just say that the pickles that are just sitting on store shelves that aren't refrigerated, that's just wrong. 
They should be refrigerated. They should be cold. They should snap. They're they're pickled. They can stay that way forever. They're never going to go bad. Yeah, but they're pickles. I don't want them to be rubber. That is a good point. That is a valid valid argument. Clawson kosher dill pickles. Stolen droids approved. Five stars. You approved. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Your mom approved. I, I, I actually do prefer my pickles cold. And this could be taken out of context so many ways. Oh, I'm tired. Okay. Um, an article came out just, I think, yesterday from the New York Times, which means by the time this episode comes out, it may be behind a paywall. Um, and if that's the case, I apologize. You're not missing much. It turns out the New York Times uh, writer in the personal technology section has no clue what technology is. His name is Brian X. Chen. So he's a Chinese writer. Uh, well, I don't know. That X, he could be like a black militant from the 1960s. No, uh, my father has X as his middle initial. Oh, okay. It's part of um, the immigration process. For your middle initial, if you don't have one, and many Asians don't, they just put X. Oh, that's learn something new every day. Yeah. Um. So he writes a love story to the iPhone saying, and the, the, the title of the, head, the headline is, Dear iPhone, here's why we're still together after 10 years. Uh, look, we, we've gone on and on about what we owe the iPhone. And we do. We owe it a lot for the modern world of technology. It has shaped how we use personal technology. It has shaped how phones have developed, tablets, just overall use of it. There's an entire generation of human beings who just know instinctively how to use a mobile device, and it's because they grew up with the iPhone. You know, it's funny. My kids were asking me the other day. They're like, Dad, did you have a flip phone when you were in school? I said, no. Well, were they, like, popular? Did other kids have them? I said, dude, like... The drug dealers had pagers. The rich and businessmen. And yes, and hookers. The rich. I didn't have a lot of hookers in my high school, though. So there there may have been one or two. Really? Didn't you say you were from Idaho? That's surprising. Uh, originally, but I grew up in Utah. There's there's not a giant hooker population in the suburbs, especially a giant teenage hooker population. You make them sound like a separate school. species. Like... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, it's fall. Looks like it's time for the hookers to start migrating. But <laughs> they're going south. Going to go to Vegas for the winter. Uh, Normally, when a hooker goes south, you have to pay extra. <laughs> nice. So, uh, but my point is, you know, my kids couldn't believe the fact that I did not have a phone growing up because te- the technology just wasn't there. It wasn't really until I mean, cell phones were around. But I didn't get my first cell phone until I was in my 20s. Cell phones were around, but they were bricks. They were bricks, and they were expensive as crap to to have. And even my first few phones were quite expensive. You know, you've, you're limited to a few minutes a month, and you pay out the nose for it. And, you know, then Apple came around with the iPhone, and it really, truly revolutionized, like you said, not only how we use a phone, but how we use all technology. Mm-hmm. We expect it to be there. Yes. you. We've gotten to the point now where you look at all these things that have, have come about because of the iPhone. 
you know, you've got digital assistants like Siri, you've got, or I should say virtual assistants like Siri, you've got all these different things and it's all thanks to the iPhone. So yeah, we're, we're definitely not saying the iPhone is, is a steaming turd or something. It's not, it still is not, but don't sell us snake oil and tell us it's just the most amazing thing ever. Here are the reasons why this person says the iPhone is just excellent and still the best. Support at Apple stores. Because you can't get support anywhere else unless it's an Apple product. Which is wrong. Stronger security. Oh, we're about to go into that. High privacy standards. Oh, we're about to go into that. Apple's tight ecosystem. That's not really a selling point. I would say that's a negative, in fact. But, you know, he does bring up the point. Once you invest in other Apple products, it's tough to leave the ecosystem. I agree 100% with that. If you've dropped 20 grand on dongles for your MacBook Pro, uh, yeah, you're going to want to get your, your money's worth out of those. That's not a real positive thing, though. That's like saying, you know, once you owe money to the mob, it's really hard to leave. They really have a great PR firm. Their marketing they, is just top notch. It really is. It truly is. Um, it's a trusted brand. Okay. Uh, he then goes on into uh, some information here that we have not heard for sure, but according to, he is a writer for the New York Times, so we expect this person to know what he's talking about. According to sources, the next iPhone will have a premium model priced at around $1,000, which sounds like a lot, but believe it or not, that's actually par for the course for a flagship. Um, and this new one, will have a bigger screen by reducing the size of the bezel. Um, it'll have facial recognition so you can unlock the phone and even the ability to charge it with magnetic induction. That's stuff that Android has had for years. Uh, that's stuff that uh, Windows Phone had years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's not new technology. And he's heralding it like it's revolutionary. Well, maybe if you hadn't been using only an iPhone for the last 10 years, you would know that these features exist elsewhere. So why are we ragging on this? Why do we care what some stupid writer from the New York Times says about it? Well, because a couple of our big headlines this week are unfortunately about iPhone and a massive breach in privacy, a massive breach in security. First up, AccuWeather. The popular weather app available on every mobile platform available on Windows 10. I think it's even available on Xbox. It's, it's a popular, popular one. It's a popular one and a pretty one. It's well made, great visuals. If, if you're the type of person who wants to know what the weather's like, you know, and you don't feel like going outside, um, it's a great app. <laughs> Looking at the window. Yeah. Um, well, it turns out the iOS version has been selling your location to a third party. Even when you turn location sharing off. That is never a good sign. That, that so is, I, yeah. I guess that whole respect for privacy thing that this guy was talking about doesn't really apply. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Maybe they're just, maybe they're like Google. 
right? And they're just trying to track your location uh, so they can get better analytics and metrics on who's where, right? No, no. People have tracked where this information is going. It's going to an ad agency. They're selling your location for money. Now, we should note this is AccuWeather, correct? Mm-hmm. Not Apple that's selling this. Y- you're this, right. This is the app. This is the app. Um, the app with so much better privacy and the closed ecosystem. Yes. Yes. Um, in other Apple news, unfortunately, um, and I don't want to give Apple too much crap about this, but I kind of have to. The fappening is back. A couple years ago, um, a bunch of celebrities had their nude pictures stolen from their iCloud account. Um, yeah. Bad stuff happened all around. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were a lot of people, and this was back in 2014, and people like Kim Kardashian, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Kate Upton, they had nude photos taken fr- that they had taken with their phones and uploaded to their iCloud accounts, uh, taken through vulner- because of vulnerabilities in their iCloud accounts. Now, Apple said, oh, we know what happened, we fixed it, but Ironically enough, the Fappening 2.0 uh, came just a little, a few months ago. Uh, well, earlier this year was 2.0. Yes. We're now on 3.0. Yeah, and so now we have a third, and it seems like, you know, you pointed out earlier this week when we were talking about it, Zook, you know, you said you got to give credit, though, because the same celebrities are not being affected. So they have learned... Unfortunately, Apple has not. Right, right. And that's a big thing. Here's the frustrating part, okay? And part of it is a company thing and technology thing, and the other part of it's a human thing, okay? Here's a real easy way to not allow your nudes to leak online. Don't take nudes with your phone. That's a really good way. Look, people, I got news for you, okay? It's kind of like Zoner's kids. You know, it's hard to remember a time before everyone having a phone. But believe it or not, there was a time when not everyone had a camera phone because they were very, very rare, okay? And believe it or not, before that, there was even a time before people all had digital cameras when we actually had to trust our film, our undeveloped film, to a photo lab who would then take it out and develop it and see every picture we had taken and print it out and give it to us. There was a level of trust there, which looking back now seems a little bit creepy, but guess what? People took nudes then too. They did. And the people developing your pictures would generally just make an extra copy of those and stick them in the drawer. Right. But that's about as far as it went. Okay. Um, you never saw the celebrities at the time who were taking little nudies of themselves or of each other and getting their pictures developed. You never saw those pictures go out and hit the newsstands. Now, it's easy to say that part of that is because the internet wasn't around. But the fact of the matter is, is that it was because it wasn't easy to send it everywhere. Taking these pictures of smartphones just makes it easy. It does. Heck, by turning on your auto-upload, you've made it even easier. They don't even have to hack the phone, people. 
And that's really where you're going to get got is if you automatically upload all your photos to the cloud. But at the same time, the, the really alarming thing is this, and it's the one thing that we're not, that a lot of these other news sites aren't touching on. Even if these celebrities didn't have nude pictures in their iCloud account, right? Hey, no leaked nude selfies. Congratulations. Their accounts were still accessed. We're losing yes. sight of the fact that their account information was still accessed. People don't necessarily know, I, I'm assuming, the hackers aren't going, oh, this is Emma Watson's phone. Let's hack it. They're saying, oh, here's a whole bunch of accounts. Well, let's open them up and see what's here. Oh, holy crap. This is Jennifer Lawrence's account. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that this is the third time that this has happened to Apple, and it could be that they're using different methods to get there. But the fact is, the hackers are still getting there. Yeah. So I had an idea about this. And maybe it's as bad as my doxing of racist idea that you didn't like earlier, <laughs> which I still stand by. Um, let's say that I'm a buxom Hollywood starlet who just really, really, really wants to send nude pictures of myself to my boyfriend. Okay. I just, I have to. Okay, it's a pathological thing. Don't judge me. Oh, I'm judging. Well, let's say there was a device that I had and my boyfriend had. And when we enter a relationship, he has sent a request and I've accepted it. And so it's almost a one-to-one -one communication tool. Things I send to that device are only sent to that device. They're not on the cloud anywhere. Nothing. And then he and I break up and I go in and I revoke access to that device and it basically destroys everything I've sent him. This technology exists. LastPass uses it. All password managers use it. You know, um, mobile device management things like, um, red iron and mobile iron things that when you join your phone to your company's domain, they can do that. If you lose the trust relationship, it automatically wipes all company information from the other device. Which is brilliant. Why don't we do something like that? I think it makes too much sense. And I also think that a lot of people will look at something like that and think, I'm never going to need that. I can just upload it and share it with them via, you know text message or Snapchat because Snapchat deletes it after like 12.3 seconds. No, it doesn't. But, you know, I think people have a false sense of security when it comes to technology. I'll put it up on a YouTube video, but I'll make it so it can only be viewed if you have the link and then I'll only give the link to the one. No, that's actually not how it works. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think, I think people just don't really I don't think they think it's not that I don't think they understand how technology works or whatnot. I think they just don't necessarily think, you know, you remember what it's like when you were dating, you're horny, you, you know, want to be with 
the love of your life, and when you can't, you want to send dick pics or whatever. Okay, fine, whatever. But I don't know if you're talking specifically to me. Like, I don't remember that part of dating at all. Well, no, because you were still a bit young for, or you're still, um, you I, weren't there at the whole dick pic thing. I was so. a gentleman. Yeah. So, but you know, that's, that's my if understanding I, of how dating works nowadays. If I'm, I was showing it, I was showing it in person. Yeah, I'm, I'm older than dirt now, so it, I don't understand these things. I'm just, this is what I've heard the kids talk about. Which made it all the more awkward when she would reject it. Yeah. <laughs> or when she would laugh. Um, but no, I, I think people just, they don't think about it. They think, I want to do this to the person that I like, and there's not really the repercussions that could potentially happen going through their mind. I have news for you people. There's no such thing as the cloud. It's just someone else's computer. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I think that's what people need to stop thinking. The cloud really isn't clouds. Right. It's not up in the sky. Um, let's go into some Android news, shall we? Uh, specifically Samsung. They have announced the Note 8. Yeah, that... um. That's an expensive phone, yo. So there was talk after the whole debacle of the Note 7 and it exploding and catching fire and, um, you know, making racist tweets. Oh, that wasn't the Note 7? Never mind. Um, I, I, I was thinking, you know, it did a lot of things. That's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> it was a very oddly specific coding flaw. <laughs> Um, so there was talk that the note line would go away and instead Samsung doubled down and not only released this galaxy eight a little bit faster than expected, but has now made the note eight and it's a nice looking phone. And if it's half as nice as the S eight, this could be a real contender for best phone out there. It could. Well, the note line of phones is really popular. People love it. Now, there's some positive here, and I'm going to go through that, but then there's some concerns I have as well, and I want to touch on those. It will have a 6.3-inch screen, quad HD, so, you know, 4K. Um, it is IP68, so it is dust-resistant, water-resistant, uh, moisture-resistant, uh, and, you know, the S7 was the same way, the S8's the same way, and I love it. Like, that's not a, a Samsung feature. Every phone should have that feature. Inductive charging. It has this uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon 835, uh, 6 gigs of RAM. Uh, and the U.S. version will have a 64 gig storage, but international versions will have like up to 128. It has the S Pen. It has a 3300 milliamp battery. Just all around great looking phone. Okay. So what's the problem? The problem is, is that it's only like 0.1 inch bigger screen size than my S8 Plus. And it actually has 200 milliamp hour less in battery than my S8 Plus. How does it compare price wise? Because I was seeing something saying that it's close to a thousand bucks. It is close to a thousand bucks, which makes it about $150 more expensive than the S8 Plus. So really, you are getting a stylus and less battery. 
which you know that's that's an expensive that's an expensive trade-off yeah it looks like um the unlocked version will go for about 929 t-mobile at 930 and verizon at 960 that that is a pricey phone so apple's iphone at 999 well like i said that's not unheard of for a yeah, flagship it's not, it's, premium phone now it's it's not it's not completely unreasonable although I think it's unreasonable because that's freaking expensive. Sure, man. sure. There is one thing that the Note 8 has that the other Galaxy S8 line does not, and it's actually Samsung's first official dual camera solution. Uh, one camera is a wide angle, and the other one is a narrow angle with an optical zoom. And it can actually use both at the same time on the same photo giving you this really cool portrait mode where one camera is focusing on you and the other one's kind of blurring the background, giving it this really awesome portrait mode. Um, it can take two pictures of the exact same object at the same time. It can be recording in one while taking pictures with the other. And all reviews of it say that Samsung has really outdone itself on image processing, which we should expect because the S8 had an awesome camera and the S7 had an awesome camera. So again, nothing really new there. But if that's important to you, it's worth noting. Yeah, definitely. So, so my question is, is Samsung diluting its own brand with the Note series? If my S8 Plus has nearly everything that the Note 8 has, only slightly more battery power and $150 less, is there a point to the Note 8 now? I would say no. However, they do have the stuff that is exclusive to it regarding the stylus and note-taking. And so if that's why you're getting it, then yeah, there's a purpose. But, you know, they've got so many different phones out there. They've got the, the S8 Active. They, you know, there's, there's the S8 Edge, the S8 Plus. I mean, there's all these different variants on the same phone. And I see the Note 8 is just a variant of the of the Galaxy S8. It's just another variation that they've come out with. And I think what they're trying to do here is capitalize on the fact that the Note line of phones was so popular before the abysmal, um, well, before the bomb of the 7, uh, that they're just trying to capitalize on that. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to leverage that popularity. They're trying to make you forget the Note 7 happened. I, I, I agree. I agree. And it's interesting because I wonder if the smaller battery has anything to do with the fact that they don't want it to blow up like the, like the Note 7 did. Probably. It's also probably to make room for the stylus. Which may be what happened with the 7, is that they were trying to keep the larger battery and pack a stylus, and they couldn't do both, but they tried to anyway. Yeah. That makes sense. Look, I have a Surface. I don't need a phone with a stylus. I already have a tablet with a stylus. Yeah, true. So, but that's me. But, I get um, that. And, and of course, according to Consumer Reports, you're going to be very unhappy with your Surface given enough time. So. Well, yeah, my, my Surface that came out only a few months ago is known to fail after about a year. 
I thought it was after two. Sure, whatever. In other <laughs> news, um, the portal uh, to the Nether Realm did open with the Eclipse, and Android Oreo uh, emerged from it. We were right. Yeah. Well, we weren't right. We just reported on someone. That, somebody was right about that. Right. Right. Um. Thankfully, however, Hades was not uh, able to release the Titans, so we're just left with Android Oreo and no world-ending cataclysm. I, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't see the end of the world, though. Right, because you hey, expect it to happen on a Monday. Well, you would, and with with the sun being blotted out, and you know, you just kind of expect. Something a little more exciting. Although, I gotta say, I, I drove to Idaho so I could see the eclipse in totality. Yeah, thinking about the next version of Android coming out the same time, I, I didn't at all. I, I was focused pretty much on the sun being removed from the sky. I, I have to say, so I'm, this is a complete, uh, tangent, but so I was watching the NASA live stream of that. And yeah, the totality shots were pretty cool. It was really awesome to see how dark it got. It was really awesome to see how cold it got. Yes, um, very cold. But the coolest shot was the one you couldn't see either. NASA had a high altitude plane monitoring it, and it was flying directly in the path of totality, but their altitude was high enough they could see either edge of the totality of the, of the full eclipse. Uh-huh. And it was just so bizarre. It was so cool. Yeah, it, it was a pretty neat experience. It was a pretty neat experience. But I realized, I actually thought afterwards, because I saw that Oreo had, in fact, been announced. And I questioned my my geek cred and my geek card at this point. Because I thought, I'm so happy with my phone that I have now. I don't really care that they've got a new version of Android out. And maybe it's just because I don't know enough about the features and, you know, what they're going to do with it and how it's going to impact me personally. But I really, this is the first Android release that's come out where I just really am indifferent to. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, so far, the most anyone can talk about is that it has better support for picture in picture. So dual screen. Um, it, uh, has adaptive icons and evidently the Bluetooth doesn't always work. Yeah, there's a lot of Bluetooth issues that they're talking about. Um, Google is actually hoping to get more feedback on it. So if you're, if you're upgraded to Android O, and you are having Bluetooth issues, be sure to let Google know because there's, there's some problem. Um, especially with headphones and speakers, uh, audio cuts out every, between every five and 20 seconds, it cuts out. That sucks. I've had that happen. That's no fun. Right. Um, uh, this is something that needs to get fixed. A big problem that happens with the new versions of Android and Bluetooth, especially is if you're watching video. If you're watching video and the Bluetooth either starts cutting out or it starts lagging, that can be a deal breaker. Oh, totally. Totally. And yeah, there's a lot of problems with Android audio. Um, this is a fun one, though. The Bluetooth switches off almost as soon as it's turned on, which isn't new. That happened in Nougat as well. 
but I mean, you would think, I mean, how long have they been dealing with some of these, these Bluetooth issues? They've at least been there since the developer previews. And to think that they haven't gotten any better, what's Google doing? What are they thinking? Right. Are, are they, are they at the point where they're like, oh, well, we've got a release schedule. We're going to put it out regardless of, of its current state. Cause that's kind of the impression that I'm getting. We just got to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get it out. Hmm. We've talked about that before with Android, though, with previous releases. They do this a lot. They do this they every do. year. They, they really do. It's like they, they put out a beta product and Apple does the same thing. Just look at Apple Maps. Uh, but they put out a beta product and they use their users as beta testers. Kind of. They do it from a different philosophy. It's really interesting, actually, when you think about it. Uh, Google takes it from, well, let me start with Apple. Apple says, this is it. And it's the most amazing thing ever. Isn't it awesome? And people say, yeah, yeah, it really is. This is so cool. Wait, this is kind of not working. Um, um, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Google does. This is beta. Don't you feel special that you have early access to this? Don't exactly. you feel you're on the low down? Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. This is look at this awesome feature. I got early access. To, oh, you got it too. Yeah. Isn't this cool that, we, oh, you got it too. Hey, this doesn't work really great. Well, I guess it is beta. It's completely different philosophies they use towards it. And it's really funny to see how people almost convince themselves that it's okay. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, it's not okay. Spyware. No, it's not. I have not read this headline because the, the the title alone scares me. Have you? I I have. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to find where it's at here. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I couldn't find it in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, uh, the the headline is spyware backdoor prompts Google to pull 500 apps with more than 100 million downloads. And this is from Ars Technica. So it's generally pretty, pretty credible. Um, but Google killed a secret plugin download capability after being alerted by researches, researchers. And so there have been at least 500 apps that have been downloaded more than a hundred million times from Google Play's official market, uh, that had a secret backdoor that allowed developers to install a range of spyware at any time so they could go in even after you downloaded it they could put stuff on your phone which is generally a bad thing uh and as as i understand it they the apps were developed uh using a specific sdk and they may not have known the developers may not have known that there were these vulnerabilities here unfortunately we don't know what the apps were. Uh, there, there is a few hints here. There is, uh, games targeted at teens. Uh, one of them has between 50 and 100 million downloads. There are some weather apps, one with between one and five million downloads. Uh, an internet radio app, which has between 500,000 and a million downloads. Uh, some photo editors that have, uh, up to 5 million downloads. 
And then there's this, this educational health and fitness travel emoji home video camera apps that was, wait, was, is, was that all one category? Yeah, it was everything. So that that's like a like, very specific application. <laughs> that's like the catch all for everything else. Oh, that I they see. Didn't say. So. I mean, it, not, it wasn't specifically an educational workout travel app with a, an emoji calendar and home video and home video. Yeah. I'm like, that's a really, really odd niche app right there. So yeah, they, I mean, not all versions of the SDK delivered the spying functions, um, but they have, they have pulled these because there is that vulnerability. So, so if you have an app that you love that you go to install or open and it's not there anymore, there's a good chance this is why. Yes. And so, I mean, uh, a Google spokesman in an email said, we've taken action on these apps in play and automatically secured previously downloaded versions of them as well. We appreciate contributions from the research community that helped keep Android safe. So we don't know what they were, but apparently everything is good now because they're gone. So we can praise Google for being awesome and keeping us safe. Everything is now A-OK, I guess. Yes, allegedly, unless you're one of those developers wondering how the crap you're going to get your app back in the market. Right. Um, Google, last Google headline, may also be working on something else. It's smart headphones. Can yes. I just, I just want to air in a complaint here, air a grievance. I am tired of everything being listed as smart. Everything is smart nowadays. Even if it's dumb, it's smart. So what is a smart headphone? They... They say in this article, it's an Engadget article, that it may be Google's answer to the AirPods. I don't consider the AirPods smart. And that's not me bashing on Apple. I just, is there something I'm missing about them? Because to me, they're just simply app-enabled wireless headphones. Yeah. And there's nothing in this article that convinces me otherwise. But they're smart, Zook. Right. Because they're wireless and they have built-in Google Assistant. Yeah, pretty much. I, okay. <laughs> I, I do not care in the slightest. Yeah, I, I don't know. And there's not a lot of details on this at this point. Nope. Uh, um, and so I don't know if we should even be getting excited over it, but I obviously am not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we weren't excited for the, airpods either though uh, although i did see if you have ordered your airpods uh, from apple i think they're only about six weeks out now so uh they're they're only six weeks behind in their production so oh good good yeah yeah maybe you'll have them by christmas um so amazon evidently is on the same page as me i said a couple weeks ago that it was awesome when anchor came out with their alexa enabled Smart speaker. Again, there's that stupid smart thing. Stupid smart thing. That's a, that's a show title if ever there was one. Yes. So it turns out Amazon wants this. They want it so bad. They're opening up the Alexa X SDK to nearly any manufacturer who wants it. 
this is how they're going to win. Yes, it is. It it is freaking brilliant. And it, it kind of confuses me as to how Microsoft, Google, and Apple haven't all well, not Apple, we know exactly why they haven't opened their SDK. But it, it confuses me why Microsoft and Google haven't. It doesn't matter, Google, if you make hardware that is assistant enabled, like these smart headphones or your hub or whatever. It matters if people can get it in everything else. And Microsoft, yes. same with you. Now, aren't they trying to bring Cortana to other stuff, though? I mean, we've talked about that. Yeah, so. but it's Microsoft bringing Cortana to it. Yeah, and so they, they kind of have the idea, but they're they're not being as free with it as Amazon is here. It honestly kind of makes me wish that the uh, Amazon Fire phone had taken off better. Because if the phone was more of an option and then we had Alexa throughout the house and everything else, this would have positioned them really, really, really well. Yes. As it is, you can't even officially get Amazon on any Android system. That is true. You've got to, you've got to work to get it. So it's like, I, I, I kind of wish now that it had been better received. Uh, last headline. Verizon. Remember when they had the uh, dubious honor of being the most hated company? And then they released their unlimited everything plan. And people said, okay, okay, yeah, that's that's not horrible. We like unlimited. Verizon said, ah, well, I, we can't do something that people like. And so they're taking it away. <laughs> and now turning on always on throttling. Yeah, that's kind of a... Instead of a simple and fair, single, one-size-fits-all, unlimited plan, there's now three plans. The cheapest plan limits your video to only 480p. And if you're tethering, it limits it to 600 kilobits per second. A speed not seen since ISDNs roamed the Earth before cable internet. We're talking yeah. like 17 years ago. Yeah. Um, if you want the more expensive plans, um, it will limit you to 720p on phones, 8, 1020, sorry, 10 to 80 on tablets, and you'll only be throttled if the network is congested and you've used more than 22 gigs of data in one billing cycle. Okay, so if you've used more than 22 gigs, you're probably a power user and you're expecting this. That's not uncommon. 22 gigs is a lot of data. It's a lot. Unless you are a road warrior, if you work on the road a lot, um, if you're tethering a laptop to it all the time, it makes a little bit more sense then. Yes. But it's that first part of it. If the network is congested, because there's no way to tell how congested a network is when you sign in. True. I mean, look at your phone right now and tell me how congested is your local network? Four. <laughs> but seriously it's like there's no way to tell remember the no, first the first not. salt lake comic-con we were at uh when we had a booth there we all had full service full signal no one could get a call or a text out because yeah. everything was so congested but there was nothing on our phone to tell us that true which means verizon could just say oh yeah sorry no you're really congested right now we're limiting you to 600 kilobits per second 
Yeah. Yeah, that's – I mean, this is garbage. I mean, so now if you're going to do any video streaming on Verizon, you're going to be throttled. Whether you have a tiered plan or an unlimited plan, you're going to be throttled, which is – it's garbage. I mean, why pay for it if you're only going to get crap, you know? Yeah, and and the really weird thing about this, the really weird thing, okay – I want to watch YouTube videos at 1080 on my 4K phone. And so what if I use all 22 of my gigs in the first week? I'll just pay the overage fee. No, you can't. They're not offering that. You can't throw money at this. You can't pay to go up to 1080. You are stuck at 720. Stuck. And if you hit the 22, sorry, that's it. They're not going to let you pay a fine to go over it. That's just it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we should mention here, Verizon didn't pioneer this evilness. Uh, T-Mobile has been doing this for a while. And they cap everything at 480p unless you shell out an extra $10 per month per line for HD video. Uh, but overall, your data speeds are only restricted if the network is congested and you've used more than 32 gigs of data per month. What's funny is the fact that I have T-Mobile. You have T-Mobile. I watch videos on it all the time and don't have that. I, I never notice any sort of issues with mine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never notice anything. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that sucks. Good on you, Verizon. Way to continue driving your customers away. Indeed. Into our favorites. And I love mine. I love mine. I love it. Screen Junkies have been making trailers for Emmy-nominated shows every year now for a little while. Um, and this year, Michael Bolton has come with his friends to help make trailers for it. And they do them all in the style of old family dramas and sitcoms. So like we have the eighties. Yeah. So we have like a uh, handmaid's uh, tale done almost like friends meets. It, well, it's done in the style of Dawson's Creek, but with like, it, it's just, I can't explain it, but you have to watch it cause you'll get it. And it's hilarious. It is. It, it's really good. Really good. Um, my favorite this week is. A sneak peek at an upcoming uh, DC animated feature called Gotham by Gaslight. Now, some of you may be familiar with the Batman uh, Elseworlds story that came out in 89 uh, called Gotham by Gaslight, where Bruce Wayne, uh, a.k.a. Batman, basically takes on Jack the Ripper. Uh, it's a great story. People, you know, people love it for what it was. And to this day, it is still it still holds up well. Uh, they're making a, a movie of it, and on Batman and Harley Quinn, the animated feature that just came out recently, uh, there was a sneak peek of this. Well, we've got the video up at StolenDroids.com for now. I can only find it in one location. I don't know how long it's going to be there, so hopefully it's still there by the time you hear it. But if not, just know that one of the greatest Batman stories ever told is being turned into a movie. And hopefully we'll have it by sometime next year, early next year. Sweet. 
excited about that. Yes, very. Hey, if you have feedback for us, and we're pretty sure you do, um, write us feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Again, go to Patreon.com slash StolenDroids. Show us your support. Show us your love. Um, we would desperately appreciate it. Uh, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.